Good morning and welcome to the Wake Up With Glow podcast. It's a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday morning and I'm so happy that you get to spend just a little part of it with me. Today I want to really talk about something that it's really one of my favorite words. It's something that has guided my life from adolescence all the way through to adulthood and that word is resilience and a lot of people tend to reach out to me to discuss how to bounce back from difficult situations and how to get through them in general to be able to get to the other side. And I want to say that if you are struggling with something right now on any scale, which you should never let anyone define the magnitude of your struggle, because please understand if you find yourself telling yourself that, you know, I shouldn't be complaining, my situation's not that bad, it could be so much worse. On one side, people will tell you that that's a great mentality to have because it takes you out of that victimization that a lot of people put themselves under and then use that as a reason to not go out and take action and take their life into their own hands. But we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is the ability to really understand that people handle things differently. And your struggle, regardless of what it looks like compared to someone else's, is valid. And you should be able to go through your own struggle and feel justified in feeling whatever it is that you're feeling. So on that note, I want to talk about resilience. So resilience is an interesting topic to discuss because the essence of what resilience is, is that ability to bounce back. But a lot of people don't talk about what it means to actually go through it, right? In order to get back from a bad place, you have to get through that bad place. And a lot of that has to do with owning your pain, owning the struggle, owning your challenges, and not being afraid to acknowledge that you're hurting, that you're having a hard time, because without that essential acknowledgement, you can't possibly resolve the things in you that are falling apart. And a lot of times people will turn to the outside world, they'll turn to external things, you know, to cope, right? Everyone has their own coping mechanisms. But I want to say that you In order to really hone in on being a resilient person, the first thing that you need to do is you need to believe in who you are and what you are capable of. If you believe that you can make it through, if you believe that you have what it takes to stand up again after falling down 10 times, if you believe that you are deserving that you truly, who you are as a human being, if you are good at the core, if you are a noble person and you feel and understand that you deserve to make it out of whatever you are stuck in currently, these are the things that make a resilient person. Because you can't possibly expect to make it out when you don't think you should make it out. When you don't think you can make it out, when you don't want to make it out, if you are telling yourself a narrative that you're not worthy, that this is it for you, that this is where the road ends, then that is where the road is going to end for you. So all of this, this ability to be resilient, it stems from this 
essential self-esteem. You need to be able to be secure in who you are and understand where you excel and also where you don't to be able to understand what you're capable of. So when people ask me, how do I become more resilient? How do I get through these situations? How do you bounce back? What I say to them is focus on your self-awareness. You know, don't just focus on where your flaws are found, but focus on the things that you really are great at. Figure out what makes you unique. Figure out what makes you a great person, what makes you capable. And use those things to your advantage. And perhaps you're in a situation where you feel that the things you're good at are just, they have no place in what you're doing. Maybe that's in the career that you've chosen for yourself. Maybe that's in your family life, in your relationship. You know, you just, the things that you really love and the things that characterize you on the deepest level, perhaps you're not expressing those things and you're not applying them to the areas where you spend the most time in your life. And that's really important to be aware of because, you know, I can even say for myself, I had a really tough time because I found that the things that I was best at, you know, let's say, quote unquote, the things that I thought I was gifted in or gifted with rather, they were being incredibly suppressed by what I was pursuing. There was no place for them. And when you're not using the things that come naturally to you and the things that you love to do and that fuel you, eventually the ambition behind what you're doing as, you know, in a robotic fashion, what you're doing because you feel like you're supposed to do it, what you're doing because your family told you to do it, or it looks good on paper, or, you know, you've been conditioned to believe that that's the way. When you're living a life according to what you've been told and what you think think being the key word is the right thing versus what you feel to be the right thing, you're going to eventually run out of fuel. And in order to sustain yourself, which you're going to have to do if you want to be a resilient person, right? Sustainability, self-sustainability has to do with that ability to hone in on yourself and power yourself through independently of everyone else, independently of you know what's going on in the world around you, to be able to find the essential things within yourself to propel you past those obstacles. So you need to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. You can't possibly just continue living a life of ambition around this idea that you've created for yourself, you know, based on public opinion as to what your life should look like. In order to be truly resilient, right, when I say the word resilient, it sounds strong. It sounds like a word that could be synonymous with strength, that could be synonymous with fuel, with energy, And all of these things really back up this ability to bounce back. So I want to say to you that you need to become self-aware. If you think that, you know, people that are in your life and they're feeding you whatever, you know, thoughts you have ruminating, that you need to live a particular way. And if I, I promise you, if you have any inkling, when you come to work every morning, When you spend time with the people you've chosen to spend time with, if there's anything inside of you that just doesn't sit right, 
If there's anything that makes you doubt whether you're in the right place at that moment, makes you doubt whether the investment that you're making, both time, energy, and otherwise, is just misplaced, that is a message from the world. That is a message from the universe. And it, I don't care if you how spiritual you are or religious you are. That is irrelevant in this argument because what I'm trying to say to you is that there are key essential rules of the universe and those rules stem from your gut feelings. Everything comes from within. And it's so interesting, you know, to mention that when people talk about these gut feelings, right? I just had a gut feeling. It's an interesting notion because Yes, we do have a nervous system that is connected to our gut. Does that nervous system send signals to our brain? Yes, it does. But the signals that it sends to our brain don't have to do with actual processing of emotion, with processing of reason and logic. Those signals have to do with processing of telling your muscles to contract so that you can digest your food. Those two things are distinct. But then why, if that's the case on a scientific level, why do we say to ourselves, I just had a gut feeling? This is like common dialogue that people have. I just felt it. You know, trust your gut. Why do we equate gut with intuition? What is the parallel between the two? And I want to say something to you, and I'm going to explain it, actually, is that you have different parts of your brain. We all understand that. I have a degree in neuroscience. I understand that many people do not. But what I will say to you in the simplest of forms that everyone can come to learn and understand is that there are parts of your brain that deal with language production, okay? And then there are other parts of your brain that deal with rationale, reason, and logic, and decision-making, okay? So when you have those two different parts of your brain, if one part of your brain's being signaled and not the other, it becomes difficult for you, say, if you're the brain center that deals with reason and decision-making and logic, right? If your logic brain center is being uh, stimulated, but not your language center, then suddenly the things that feel logical to you, you can't produce the language to back up why those things feel logical to you. And how interesting and fascinating is it that when we have these feelings, when we say to ourselves, oh man, I just, I don't know why, but I feel like this is the right thing to do. That's exactly what's happening. How many of us have felt that way? Everyone. We all had a moment where we felt that way. And we never really took the time to understand on a molecular level, on a scientific level, why we have these feelings that we can't put into words. But it's not magic. It's not, you know, just this spiritual wave that's come over you. There is a valid explanation behind it, a biological explanation. There are some things that, we know to be true. And where does our logic, where does, where does that initial brain stimulation come from? The one that's disassociated from the language center. The one that tells you to do something that you can't put into words. Those gut feelings. Where does that come from? Well, I'll tell you. That comes from memory. That comes from you having experienced different things throughout your life. You having had your body Take that energy, take those experiences, create a strong enough memory to be secured and saved like a freaking bank account in your brain, stored for a really long time because it had such a strong emotional backing to it, 
that your brain said, I have to store this, right? This is no surprise to you when I tell you that there are certain memories in your life that you just can't forget. There are just certain things that stick with you forever. If you go undergo a traumatic experience, that stays with you forever. If you undergo, you know, a horrible breakup, that stays with you forever. Different things that stimulate the greatest emotional response. And why do they stimulate the greatest emotional response? Because they mean the most to you. Because they target the truest parts of yourself. And anything that targets your truth is going to be memorable. So when you take all of those things that we might not be aware because we, lo- we tell ourselves lies all the time. I always say this, the lies that we tell ourselves, become aware of the lies that you're telling yourself. Because we suppress things. We say, oh, that didn't really hurt me. You know, we're all tough guys out there in the big bad world that we're convincing ourselves that things don't affect us as much as they do. But you can't cheat your body and you can't cheat science. And that's the beauty of all of this, that no matter how much you tell yourself, oh, well, it's okay. It, it really didn't bother me that much. I'll get over it. Oh, I didn't love him or her that much. Oh, I didn't care about that job so much. Oh, you know, that car accident, I'm sure I'll forget about it once I recover. But that's not how the body works. So it's not just some foo-foo spiritual, you know, laws of the world. I'm not trying to sell you some kind of mystic, magical wave that I want you to subscribe to. And maybe you do believe in that. And I think that that's great and phenomenal and that there's, that could be validated. But I'm telling you as someone with a degree in neuroscience, as someone who has studied this, as someone who is very adept at human behavior and has committed her life to the psychology of human beings, I'm telling you that it's pure science. Those gut feelings are real. They're not just something that you feel and then you dump because you think that you're being soft on emotion, that you're not using your rational side. Because you actually are. You know, I'll give you an example. Uh, You know, everyone probably is privy to the fact that when you were in school, whatever, middle school or prior to that, and you took a multiple choice test, everyone always told you that when you write down your first answer, you should probably not go back and change it when you're checking over your answers, unless you were completely sure and you could explain in words, in words, why the other answer you want to change it to is correct. So none of us ever questioned why we were told that, but this is exactly why, because when you first put down that answer, something in you told you that that was that answer, your initial response, you targeted something from the depths of your brain, from your memory to tell you that that was the right answer. So you chose that answer and then you completed your exam and you went back and you came across that question again and you, your brain started pondering and you said to yourself, Was that really the answer? I don't really know why I put down that answer. I kind of just picked it. But did you really kind of just pick it? The answer is no. You didn't kind of just pick it. Because seven out of ten times, because science is flawed and we can't guarantee anything, seven out of ten times, which are pretty good odds, and again, this is an arbitrary number, but, uh, you know, it certainly has some validity in terms of getting the point across, that answer that you initially chose will be correct. That's why you're being told. This is why people, you know, keep that saying of stick with your gut feeling. 
because your brain knows things that you don't consciously know, things that you're not consciously aware of. Because you can't find, you know, you change the answer because you can't find the words to justify why you chose that answer. But the reason why you can't find the words to justify your initial choice of answer is because the language center of your brain is not connected to the cognition center, to the decision-making center, to the rational center of your brain. So if those two areas are not connected, suddenly we value language a little bit too much because we say to ourselves, well, if I can't express to you why I chose that, it it must be the wrong answer. But is it the wrong answer? Majority of times say no. Majority of times say that your intuition, which is on par with your gut feeling, the choice you made without being able to eloquently express why you made that choice, that's the right answer. That's the deeper answer. That's the answer that your body propelled you to choose without even having to think extra hard on it. You know, when people watch game shows, why are they like, oh, I don't, I just, I feel like it's the right answer. Why do people use that? Why do people consistently rely on their feelings when making those big, big choices? And the answer is that those feelings are your truth. Those feelings are at the core of who you are and what you believe, whether you choose to acknowledge it or suppress it. So if you can harness those feelings, if you can open yourself up to being okay with letting them govern your decision-making, that my friends, is how you become resilient. You become resilient in finding strength in your truth, in giving in to your intuition, in believing that what you feel inside isn't just a soft, foo-foo endeavor and submission to something emotional, but in turn, it's you garnering the strength to trust yourself, to trust who you are, to trust what you've done and what you've been through rather than relying on outside opinion, which you can't even justify or validate. Someone who's doing well for themselves tells you to do something so you think that that's the answer for you, that is completely illogical, but we don't think about that because we see outcomes, we see results. This person's making a lot of money. This person's uh, in the upper echelon of whatever they're trying to do. This person seems happily married with children in a house and just living the American dream. Redefine your American dream because I promise you that those things are completely illogical. To live your life in pursuit of someone else's successes is completely illogical and you need to wipe that from your brain. You absolutely need to wipe that from your brain because at least acknowledge this with me. Acknowledge the the fact, fact, not even a glow fact, a true just top tier fact, not that glow facts aren't true because they are, that what people are have going on in their lives is contingent upon their circumstance and your circumstance will never align with someone else's circumstance perfectly. So for you to live your life in accordance with how someone else is living theirs is illogical, is poor decision-making, is a poor use of facts and knowledge, and it is a waste of your own creativity and your own value. So go out there, become self-aware, 
Hone in on yourself and you will become the most resilient that you have ever been. And remember, no opinions here, just glow facts.